are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. These days, everybody has a chance, you know? The big girls, the skinny girls, the tall girls, the pretty girls, the not-so-pretty girls. Everyone has a chance, but back in the day, it wasn't like this. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. When I started wrestling, it was a man's world. There were no girls allowed. And right now there's all these female divisions, all these fancy little champions. But it's enough. I will take what belongs to me. I worked hard for it, I deserve it, and I'm here to get it. Jazzy Gabbert, how you doing? Hi, thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Here's a fun fact before we get into the rigors of wrestling and everything that you've done. You were on Take Me Out. (laughs) Yes, the German version. The German version of Take Me Out. Uh, How how did that come about? Oh, well, it was right after my neck surgery. I didn't really have anything to do and I'm not so much talented with singing or acting or whatever. So I thought I'm going to call this channel. You don't have to be very talented to be on there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say it like this. It was extremely funny. And I have to say a fact before, like the week before I wanted to cancel it actually, because, you know, I was kind of out of shape and I'm a big girl. So I stand apart anyway and on these shows they're only these super pretty tiny you know girls so I was really afraid and I said uh, maybe I don't want to go there and they were like no please we were counting on you and then I went there and it was actually alright everyone was super nice to me and yeah I stood apart but not in a negative way so it was not too bad and yeah I had a lot of fun I brought in a lot of fun you know like comments for example that one guy i buzzed him out and then the commentator came to me like hey jazzy why is this and then i said well it was for his own protection when i play with him he will break <laughs> you know laughing so hard <laughs> that's amazing did, did and and have you stayed in touch with anybody from that show 
Yeah, I actually, I, we are big best friends. And there was like this one girl, she came actually from the town where I lived. And I mean, that's a coincidence, like what the hell? And yeah, we stayed in touch and we still talk a lot and it's amazing. Um, what advice would you give? Because obviously um, Take Me Out is a bit of an institution all over the world. If someone's going on to Take Me Out for the first time, yeah. um, what can they what can they expect? Absolutely, be yourself. Don't be afraid. Um, be confident because I feel like if you're not confident and if you're afraid what people will say, you know, they will say any, any way, anything, you know, like it doesn't matter if you try so hard or if you just be yourself. So it's more easy, you know, like give like cool answers. I mean, this show is just easy entertainment, you know, and people will always label you as a stupid girl, you know, so don't care. Just have fun. Go there and have fun and hopefully you find the love of your life. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> now, as we're talking, um, as, we see, as the interview started, I don't have a webcam set up here, but Jazzy does. And I need to ask the question about the throne behind you. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm currently looking at Jazzy Gabbett's room and there is a beautiful throne. Where, what's the story behind that? Um, you know, I wanted to do my own um, show, Serious Sports Entertainment. And uh, the main concept is that it's going to be different than everything that's there already. So I want to have my ring on the stage and the whole stage will be like a theater and the commentator and the ring girl, like I have two of these amazing thrones, they will sit on them and the whole set will look like glorious, you know, will look like uh, king and queen. Like everything is gold, the ring is gold and black and yeah, so that's why I have a throne. <laughs> it was supposed to happen April 19, but unfortunately because of the situation right now I had to cancel it. Um, I have everything here. Like, if I turn my camera around, you will see the T-shirts. I have so many T-shirts here. And, you know, like, everything. And it will happen, uh, hopefully, this year, but nobody knows, right? It's been one of those, hasn't it, where I think everybody's been through exactly the same situation, haven't they? And it's it's devastating, when, especially when you're a startup company as well. And, and all of a sudden, all those plans that you made suddenly suddenly disappear. But... As you say, like you pick yourself up and we go again. Um, so, we, we, any ideas when we will see your show? When we is it? Is it Stad? Is it? Is it the uh, the show that was at uh, at Stadhall? Yeah, Stadhalle. Stadhalle. Yeah. Sorry, mm -hmm. terrible yeah. pronunciation. Um, but is it, has it been rebooked? You know, or is it something that you're just going to wait and see how we go? I'm in contact with the guy from the Stadhalle, and because all the shows needs to have a replacement, there is a date. In December, maybe I can have, but it's not 100% confirmed. But the one that I can have, and I mean, I try to have both, is on March 28. But that's a Sunday again, and I try not to have a show on Sunday because, you know, people find excuses not to come. <laughs> um, yeah, so I try to get this year in 2020 because I really want to have it this year. And yeah, there's a December date I maybe can get. We're going to talk more about uh, serious wrestling a little bit later on. Uh, I feel like we need to find out a little bit more about the, about the promotion, the plans going forward and all of this good stuff. But uh, we are here, Jazzy, to send you on to a desert island. <laughs> oh, no. And, <laughs> and on that desert island, you're going to be able to take with you a DVD featuring three wrestling matches. 
of your choice and uh, we're going to burn them onto a DVD so you can watch them over and over again while you're on the island uh, what would your first match like to be Jazzy? Okay my first match like I um, try to mix it up so it's not getting boring because I'm a Gemini and we have our personality that needs a lot of different aspects in life so the first match I'm going to pick is a Japanese match it's going to be AJ Kong versus Michael Satomura <laughs> It's Michael Satomura's 25th wrestling year anniversary, so that's also why I want to, you know, like give her the honor. And I freaking love this woman. She is so good. <laughs> and this match especially was the match that made her. She was like super young. I don't actually know when this match was. I think it was around 95 or something. And this match was so Badass. Like, I mean, I was in Japan and, you know, many people always say, yeah, wrestling is scripted and blah, blah, blah. But in Japan, man, it's different. Like, yeah, of course, the outcome is there, but they they kick and punch each other so hard. Like, I lost my teeth. I lost, uh, like, many times I broke my eardrum um, and many concussions. Like, it's not fun over there, believe me. And this match, especially, you can see like me as a worker that Michael Satomura has a lot of respect like I see it especially whenever she wants to pick up um, AJ Kong um, but dude they're kicking and punching each other so hard like I feel really with it I'm like oh my god oh my god and I'm like so excited and there's a different you know it's it's a determination like the spirit they have the passion they have and you can feel that she really wants to give it all like especially when she walks in into the entrance you know you can see how nervous she was like you feel for her you know so i love this match what's great is when a match gets you like that and you're able to sort of recant it like beat for beat like you did just then um, yeah. Can you remember where you were when you watched this for the first time? Uh, I was in, in London because I lived in London. And that was when, you know, I worked for Pro Wrestling Eve and they brought in some people from Ice Ribbon from Japan. And there was a talent scout and he saw me and he gave me an offer to come to Stardom. And as soon as I found out that I'm going to go to Japan, I watched a lot of Japanese matches and I watched the documentary Gaya Girls. And I was petrified. I was so scared. Because <laughs> it's a whole different world, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, I can, we can have a whole nother podcast about this um, experience, you know. Um, but yeah, I was in London and I watched this match. Um, and yeah, I was scared and but fascinated too. I was like, oh, will I ever be able to do something like this, you know? So... Yeah. To be at a point, but then when you got to go over to Japan, um, describe that. Describe that first day. That first day that you you were booked on a wrestling show in Japan to go from exactly. uh, at Eve to be like, oh my god, this is going to be a thing to this becoming a thing. 
It's actually my favorite story to tell because, okay, so I was on the airplane and it was like a 15-hour flight or something. So here's my theory. Whenever I go to a wrestling show, I want to dress up nice because, first of all, it's uh, it's something special. It's The promoter puts in so much effort, so I want to put in effort, too, and show the promoter do I care. So I'm not going there with, you know, like jogging trousers or, or just a simple T-shirt. So that's the same with Japan. So I flew all the way of course, joggers, but then I dressed up in, you know, high heels and all that stuff. And then I went out um, to meet the promoter and I meet the promoter and his, um, yeah, translator because he couldn't speak English. And they're like super nervous. Like, imagine I'm standing there with high heels. I'm really nicely dressed and I'm a big girl, much bigger than most of the Japanese people. Um, and they were like, I'm like, okay, shit, what's going on? What did I do wrong? And then they were asking me, hey, Jazzy, would you be able to do like a 30 minute match? And in my head, I'm like, no, 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 no way. And I'm like, sure, I can. <laughs> um, and then they say, okay, we go right to the training. I'm sorry, you cannot rest. We need to go to the training now. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I hear from the outside people screaming. And there was Mayu, Mayu Iwatani, that's her name. And she was sitting on the other girl and punching the living hell out of her. And I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like... Wow, welcome to Japan. <laughs> I was like, I will not survive this. Like, this is crazy. Um, yeah, but in the end, like, I found out that they were so impressed with me being, you know, professional, being so tall. And they, you know, they thought I were much smaller, but then they were surprised that I'm so big. And that's why they put me right in the main event with um, their champion. And I had like a 30 minute um, no contest match. You know, it was time limit. I was like, wow. And then right after the match, they told me, you passed the test. I have no idea what test it was till today. I have no idea. But then they offered me um, a contract, like a long-term contract. So it couldn't be that bad. But it was it was scary as hell. <laughs> but that's a real trial by fire to put you in the main mm -hmm. event as quickly as they did. And do you, do you attribute yeah. a bit of that? You, you, the way you spoke then, is if you attribute a lot of that to your size. Do you think that was yeah, a big part I of it? But I swear I was so out of shape because, you know, when I went to London, the things didn't turn out as I wanted to be and I had no money. And, yeah, it was a difficult situation. Couldn't really eat proper food and couldn't really train. So I was really out of shape. So when I went there and had, like, this crazy match, it it was challenging for me personally, but also, of course, as an athlete. But, yeah. But definitely it was because of my size and, you know, the alpha female look with the hair and, and looking so mean. Um, yeah, it made a big difference in Japan. Growing <laughs> up in Berlin, where was the inspiration to, to get into the pro wrestling world for you? I grew up there, but then when I was 10 years old, we moved um, house and it, it all was unexpected. Like our parents didn't really involve us. And one of my brothers had like a wrestling book, but he didn't really care for it. So he threw it to the floor and I found it. And I also have to say, like in my family, there was a lot of, you know, issues. Everyone was fighting all the time and I was adopted into this family. So I didn't really feel a part of this family. So there was a lot of issues. And then I found this golden wrestling book and it was really golden and I saw these strong people and I saw this colorful world and these characters like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man and I was like what is this like wow and I wanted to be a part of it so I started watching it on DSF um, and I watched it all night long I recorded it with a you know video cassette <laughs> 
And I just fell in love with this world because I was not confident. My parents were so far away from being perfect and my world was just not good and this wrestling world it was just everything I wanted to have I wanted to be you know like a star <laughs> like in school I got bullied a lot you know but I always felt in my heart man there must be more than this like and then I found wrestling and I think because of all the situation that was going around me that's why I fall so deep in love with wrestling um if uh, what were you doing what were your plans before you discovered wrestling because it sounds like uh, it sounds like it was rough before wrestling came along. Yeah, I mean, I was a ten years old girl, you know, like trying to figure out the world. Like my brothers always, you know, punched me, <laughs> and in the school I got bullied a lot. So I was like a really shy little girl, and I tried to figure out, you know, what's going on in the world and who am I and blah blah. And I was a big music fan. I loved music. Uh, I loved, and now you will hate me. Everyone will hate me, but I love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> what is there to hate about loving David Hasselhoff? That man saying, looking for freedom on the Berlin Wall. He is a yeah. hero. He's a hero, I know, right? <laughs> I watched Thunder and Paradise. No, not Thunder and Paradise. That was the next one I watched. But Baywatch, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great series. Was, 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 was the Hoff one of your heroes growing up then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when I was six and seven, you know, I'm still ashamed of it. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Like, the uh, the idea of guilty pleasures is, is a terrible idea because it should just be whatever we enjoy. And if, uh, and if Jazzy, if you love the half, who are we to say you shouldn't love the half? Right. 100% be the half. Um, I'm still listening to his music, but... <laughs> and it's fine. It's, hey, it's fine. It's fine. I'm amazed. There's still music, there's still music from him. But he's a beautiful man. Um, yeah. Looking back uh, as a ten-year-old, before you discovered wrestling, um, yeah. what would you what would you tell your ten-year-old self now, if you could? Um, I would tell her that I freaking love her because she didn't hear that enough when she was a child. <laughs> I would say I love you so much, and I would tell her, please believe in yourself. You're freaking beautiful. Because, you know, everyone told me the different, you know, everyone said, oh, you're ugly. And my brothers always say you were born on trash, you know, and, you know, when you when you grow up in a like I grew up in like till I was six in a foster care house because, you know, I don't know my parents. Um, and when you, you know, experience such a thing, you don't have a lot of confidence, no self-confidence, because no one ever tells you that you're worth anything. You always think, okay, my parents throw me away. Um, the, the, kid, the people from the care house, they don't care about you. And then you come into this new family, your brothers hate you and your parents, I don't know, they, they hate you too. And then in school, everybody hates you. Then you have no confidence at all, you know? And yeah, it was difficult. And it's still till today, it affects me, you know, like there's a lot of things like you would say, what, you're the alpha female, no way. Um, but I, when I was for WWE, you know, at the NXT UK, there was a lot of challenging things, you know, and like in ring work and everything. And then I wish I had more confidence, you know, just to say, okay, you know what, fuck it, just do it. But well, it is what it is, right? You have to work on yourself and never give up, I guess. We're all the same underneath it, regardless of what size we are. And 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 words hurt; they do. And I think it will be it will be an amazing support for the people who follow yourself to hear your story in this way. Yeah, I, I hope. Like this is also why I work so hard. Like I really wanna 
make it whatever make it means right um because i want to give hope to people who are in a similar situation like me um especially now with all these refugee refugee kids you know they came from like a really bad background like i mean like this is not a kind of life and then i can't imagine that they lose control and then they do stupid things so my goal in life and i hope there was an appointment to do this this year but i hope maybe next year i can do it i want to go to schools you know and i want to speak there and i want to speak to these troubled kids and say hey look i came from that because it's easy to someone who has good parents who has like everything to say hey come on don't be like this but if you meet someone like me who been through all of that you know and i made it again whatever made it means then the kids will have more trust in me and say okay you know what jazzy been through all that and you know maybe i can do it too and i don't need to do trucks i don't need to do illegal stuff you know because i never did that so yeah, I think there's still hope and I want to give this hope to the people out there. You know, I think I personally think this is like my little mission because everyone needs a mission in life, right? There must be a meaning of life. And this is like my meaning of life, I guess. Did a life like that seem like a possibility to you at some point? Yeah, I totally, I work on it, you know, like I made it to WWE, that's why, what I always wanted to, okay, I was not really successful in WWE, and I gave up way too early, but hey, in the end of the day, I made it, you know, and then, hey, my plans changed, but... I can't speak to these kids now. I said, look, whatever you want to do, if you want to be a football player, a doctor or whatever, it will be much harder to go there. I mean, imagine it took me 10 years to go to my goal, but just imagine I had like a support system. I had confidence, I had friends and I had like a normal social, you know, behavior. <laughs> then I could have gone there maybe in five years time. So yeah we are screwed it will take so much longer because with our background but there's no and i really mean there's no limits that we cannot do it in the end so we just need really to believe in it and believe in ourselves for desert island grabs what would you like your second match to be jazzy my second match is backlash goldberg versus the rock A match we thought we would never see. much fun and it was the rug passing the torch basically and it was i think it was goldberg's debut um so it was just tremendous like it was i love entertaining you know and i saw the rock has so much fun there and he sold the hell out of goldberg he made him look like a million dollars and i loved it so um, yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a wrestling fan cast your mind back and just and just feel the the goosebumps from rock in the ring during rock mm -hmm. appreciation night the crowd chanting goldberg the rock asking them to stop chanting for his accountant ira goldberg <laughs> 
and then Goldberg's music hitting and walking mm -hmm. out. And I, as a wrestling fan myself, that mm -hmm. visual alone blew my mind. Because it was the unthinkable. Yeah, and these are superstars. We don't have that anymore. These are larger-than-life characters. And I'm sorry, I'm a woman, and I love big, sweaty men. <laughs> <laughs> you should never apologize for loving big, sweaty men. <laughs> oh, I, I said that before somewhere, and people were so mad at me. <laughs> we, for the podcast, I always find a bit of the interview that stands out as like a little, little soundbite, and that goes at the very beginning. Just FYI, <laughs> that's going at the very beginning. <laughs> Okay. That's how we're starting it. Uh, so Goldberg is a big sweaty sweaty man of your particular desire, uh, by the sounds of it. More than rock. Oh, more than uh, rock. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> with that match, though, uh, where can you remember what situation you were in, where you were when you watched it first time round? Uh, 2005. I was back in Berlin. I remember I was a wrestler. And I think I, I watched it with my wrestling girls and boys can't really remember but i remember that was a fun match and i watch it more often you know like is there something about that match that you enjoy particular as i said it's like the the star making thing like i love superstars and i love you know like the chemistry if i mean these days i mean maybe the, not these days but my experience in wrestling is that everyone tries to get their stuff in and that everyone tries to take the spotlight but it shouldn't be like this you should work together to make both of you look amazing and the rock again he sold for goldberg so much and i think that was like the best match goldberg ever had you know and um, it was just simply amazing and yeah, that's why I enjoy this match so much. The whole thing of passing the torch uh, is is a big part of wrestling because the whole phrase is you always leave it better than you found it. Um, now, I you still you still got loads to offer in the wrestling world, but is there some? Oh, you have, you certainly have. But is there, is there somebody on the horizon that you think you'd love to work with and maybe pass a metaphorical torch to? Uh, absolutely. We have a girl here in Germany. Her name is Stephanie Mays, and she's killing it right now. She looks really amazing, and she's working so hard, and she's the most respectful wrestler I ever met in this business. Like, I met her down the road. She had not a match against me. She had a match against the other girl, um, but... I gave her some feedback and she was so shy she couldn't even speak you know and I was like okay whatever and then I went home and the next day I got like this huge message from her and she's praising me and she's thanking me and yeah and she's wishing to fight with me and then we actually had like three matches scheduled like for three different promotions but yeah they all got cancelled but yeah we will definitely have a match and I can't wait you know to you know give her my best like i will sell for her like a crazy person because she absolutely deserves it i sometimes feel that the girls these days take everything for granted i mean i started like oh my god 20 years ago <laughs> 2000 i started there well happy anniversary and, <laughs> and there was no opportunity like it was so hard we were like three girls in germany and we had to fight for our bookings and then we had to f fight all the time the same people and the promoters only wanted to book us if we look sexy. Um, well, you guys don't have a camera, but I turned my camera. Did you see this one? That's like, it's a doll and she has like a really short oh, outfit. Yes, on. I see the that doll. 
That's my first gimmick. Like I stepped like this in the ring and the promoter always said to me, sex sells. So I had to wear like really short trousers. I had to dance in the ring. Otherwise they didn't want to book me, you know? And I remember this one tour, it was an American tour in, in Germany and we had a stop in France and there were a lot of people, I think like five, 6,000 fans. And then like the, on the tour, there was RVD, Bret Hart, Zaboot, Sandman, like really amazing, great names, right? And I was fortunate to be on that tour. And then the announcer, he went out there and say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for female action? And then the people were start chanting, screaming, we want boobies, we want boobies. And I'm like, me and my opponent, we look at each other, we're like, what the hell? And then we went out there. We didn't even lock up, right? And they started chanting, you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. We didn't even start it. Like, come on, give us a chance. And this, these days, it's not happening anymore. Everyone loves female wrestling, right? But the girls these days, they take it so much for granted, you know? I hear about people who are not showing up on shows, you know? Or they're sitting back saying, like, oh, I don't really want to wrestle today. I'm like... Oh my God, like quit wrestling if you don't feel the passion anymore. You know what I mean? So I feel a little bit sad. <laughs> How did that make you feel with, uh, when you were told the industry that you were, you were, you were pushing to get into and you'd already, mm -hmm. by this point, you, you, as you talked about, you've already been bullied quite a bit and you're very mm -hmm. conscious of, of, of how you look. How does that feel then getting into that industry where they say sex sells and they're telling you to dress scantily clad and go out and dance? Well, again, when I started wrestling, you know, I was like 18 years old and there was absolutely no confidence. Like you cannot imagine, like right now, if I sit here in front of you or speak with you, you cannot imagine, I was so shy and I didn't have any control over myself. Like people could do stupid things to me and I just let them do it because I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel worth it for fighting back or I didn't feel worth it, you know, to stand up for myself. And when they say you have to go half naked in the ring, I was like, okay, if you say so. Um, and I just did it, you know. Um, it, it took a while, I think 2005, I found a partner that was my first boyfriend and he gave me value in life and he showed me, you know, hey, there's boundaries if you don't feel that this person is looking at you or touching your ass or, you know, stuff like this happened a lot. And he said, you have to say no, don't let it just do to you, you know? And then that's the first time I got conscious about everything. And then I changed my outfit and my wrestling gear and my wrestling gimmick. And then I remember, um, one time a wrestler, like a wrestler said to me, oh, you know, you're pretty good in the ring and everything, but if you don't change your look, you will get nowhere. Like basically telling me I'm too ugly. And I had the same with TNA, but the story already, a lot of people know when Bully Ray said to me that I'm too ugly to work for TNA back in the days, you know, he said to me, are you as pretty as our girls? And remember back in the days, there were girls like Velvet, Velvet Sky and what's the other girl's name, Angelina Love. And they're like, oh my God, pretty, you know? And well, I was not, and I will never be like this. But these days, everybody has a chance, you know? The big girls, the skinny girls, the tall girls, you know, like the pretty girls, the not so pretty girls, everyone has a chance. But back in the day, it wasn't like this, you know? and. Yeah, me and the other girls who were back there in the game, we had to stick through it, and we did, and we fought for every little bit we have right now, you know? Can you remember the first time that you, you stepped into a wrestling ring and truly felt 
comfortable in your own skin. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that match. It was it was a special match. It was in in Spain. Um, the promoter was super nice to me and was the first time that I wrestled without my like I started with a company like with GWF. I started with them and it was like a cult <laughs> it was like a group you know they had certain rules we had to follow and i stepped out of it and i got a lot of trouble for it and they bad mouthing me and there was a lot of issues you know and then i had to fight against this girl who i fought many times before but again now she has like this huge hate for me because i you know betrayed the team and everything so it was the first time that I got the control because this time we switched the role. She was babyface and I was the heel and the heel usually has the saying in the ring. And the promoter was on my side and he wanted me to win this match. And usually it was always the other way around that I had to lose against her all the time. So that was like, okay, now I have to have some bolts. <laughs> I have to be um, brave. And it was an amazing match. It's still, it's also on YouTube, but you can like it's not filmed really close like it's filmed far away but people who like me will watch this match and will see the reactions like every time when for example i kick out the fans like boo when she kicks out yeah and we had like the whole boo yeah reaction all the time and i loved it and it was my work you know because i created this match that was the first time i you know stood up for myself created a match and i was in charge basically and i was so proud about this match and i came back and i cried for happiness and yeah oh, it's my favorite match personally as a yeah human being <laughs> head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk about WWE. You were part of NXT UK, and then all of a sudden you weren't. Uh, I, I think I think I must. I think I missed you by about a week because uh, I went to the NXT UK tapings in York, and we see Ginny, 
and there's no you. I was in York, but like that was my last match supposed to be. I had a match scheduled for Killer Kelly and a match scheduled for Ginny, you know. Um, but the week before, I had a stupid car accident. And I told him, and I'm sorry, but I got run over by a car. And it wasn't that bad, but they didn't give me, uh, you know, the clearance to to wrestle. So I was backstage. I was sitting there. I could hear and um, yeah, see everything, but I couldn't wrestle, unfortunately. How did uh, how did that come about? How did you get involved with the UK brand? Um, well, it all started, to be honest, with the May Young Classic. Um, everybody loved my May Young Classic match, and I had a second match, and I got standing ovation. Holy cow! And then they offered me a contract, but unfortunately, I yeah had a really nasty neck injury, and then I had to recover for a year and then they called me back they said okay they really want to give you a chance again so I flew to Pittsburgh to the medical center and I had like a seven hour of screening and they said okay you're right you can start um, and then of course um, because of the neck injury and the history of concussions and all that they said okay let's start small um, we sent you to the NXT UK um, brand, and if you are all right there, if you can, you know, if your body's keeping up with everything, then we can move you up. Um, but yeah, so I ended up in NXT UK. There's a performance center, and we trained there, and yeah. Was there a point? So obviously, you were paired up with with Ginny. Um, mm -hmm. How would, how did you find the dynamic with you and Ginny? Mm, what can I say? It's not the most creative thing one can think of, like having a big girl. Like, why put her in a bodyguard position? I had that before with TNA. I was the bodyguard of Chris Sabin. And, yeah, what should I say? I mean, I'm happy that I was able to be there. You know, I was happy that I was able to be on TV. Um, but, yeah, again, I think it could have been more creative. What would you like to have done with, with NXT UK? What would, what, would, what would Jazzy Gabbard like to have have just table. destroy everyone you know like being <laughs> and and being like the monster and then you know beating up the the baby faces do like really damage to all of them and then one day this one brave baby face comes up and beats the alpha female and it's like a big star why we cannot do this story you know like why we don't build superstars anymore did you have conversations uh about uh, with with ideas and stuff because you do hear of of guys pitching ideas and getting shot down or pitching ideas and then becoming sort of watered down versions of their ideas did you ever pitch anything like that to creative yeah you know when you're like best friends with anybody then things are much more easier but if you are not the cool kid in town <laughs> and you're like the foreigner or whatever then it's not that easy to pitch ideas with that just to sort of round this off because then we've still got lots of nice things we can talk on was there a moment where you decided you know, you you got the contract, you were doing stuff, you weren't happy with the stuff you were doing, but as you say, you were on TV. But was there a moment where you went, do you know what? I don't want this bad enough. I'm, I'm, I'm all good. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like, it was very soon. Like, I think the first two... Like, you know, you go there, you're super nervous, you want to give your best, and you have to... I, I know a lot of these people who work there, but not, like, as friends or something, so you're still nervous, and it's, like, first day at school, so the first camp was, like, super nerve-wracking. The second camp was not really better, like, 
there were just, I mean, I say how it is. There were like a lot of fake people and they make me feel unwanted, you know, and I don't need that. You know, like I came in a point in my life where I only seek for peace. Like I don't need more. Like I don't need fame or, I mean, I wish I had a lot of money, but I think peace is more important than anything else, you know. Um, so I didn't want it. Like I, I saw some of these boys, like not the girls, but the boys, they were crazy. They wanted to go every second in the ring and they did all these crazy bombs. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, oh, I wish I was like them. You know, I wish I had the fire like them. And then I thought, you know what? There's maybe a girl who has the fire that I don't have. So I will ask, you know, there were a lot of issues. It was not just the in-ring stuff and the storyline stuff, but for example, money was a big issue and I don't really want to go to London all the time. I wanted to go to America, which was promised to me. So I was like, okay, if there's not an improvement after I'm doing my work, you know, I wasn't injured. I was always there and I did my job, got better, like with promos and everything. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm doing my job. I'm getting better. I'm not injured. So there should be something, you know, but there wasn't like we talked after a year, hey, what's going on? And they wanted to resign me, but I said, if there's no improvement, for example, money or going to America, then it's not worth it for me. So I made the decision to walk away. And let's be honest, I'm so happy now. Like, it was a good decision to leave. Um, well, you know, like one of my friends got released, which I think it's, well, you can say fair or not, but I don't see why him, you know, like he is huge. He looks freaking apart. He has the most amazing physique. He speaks five languages, you know, like, why why and he's so devastated and he's like jesse i don't know what to do you know and also it's a visa problem like many people don't think about that like people from japan from asia from wherever they move to the u.s they must go now they must go home but where's the freaking home right they live there for two three four years and now they have to pack their bags like with no like you know it came all so surprisingly you know and this is what you know, makes me really sad for them. And I don't know. I mean, you can give all the advice you want. You can say, hey, you will you will be okay. But being in this situation, it's so difficult to give advice because they see it, of course, differently. But yeah, in the end, I can say from my experience, it will be okay. And if not, even better. Yeah, you know what? I'm not just doing serious wrestling. I'm doing a lot of TV stuff too. Like I was last year on tour with a rock star. Like if someone would have told me that, I would like, yeah, come on. Um, but this year is also planned to be on tour with them, you know? So I'm having like a little wrestling gig there and it's like my absolute dream. Like I play Wonder Woman and I fight against like a Russian girl and we have so much fun on stage. 15,000 people watching up there. It's so much more than NXT UK, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. and I, yeah, and I have fun, and we have the best catering, the best hotels, and it's so much, it's so cool, you know? Um, maybe you don't know him. His name is Udo Lindenberg, Udo Lindenberg. and he's a rock star in my country. He's 70 years old. Amazing. <laughs> um, but he's a, he's a legend in my country. He wrote me a message, and I was like, first, yeah, 
sure it's it's a fake and then i called him up and then i was sitting there and i was there like he's a big wrestling fan back in the days he was with udo vance he was um, on tour with him and he loves wrestling you know and he even wrote uh, a song uh, sister king kong about a female wrestler and yeah it's so cool that's amazing so there's plans obviously when everything gets back to normal uh, you'll continue mm -hmm. touring with them yeah, I continue con touring with them, but I also do like a lot of TV work now because of the take me out thing. There is a lot of interest in me and not just because I'm a wrestler, but because I'm cool person um, and that's why TV want to work with me. So there's so much more for me now going on and I, I always like to think that I limited myself with wrestling. I always thought I only can do wrestling, but there's so much more to, you know, discover. Obviously, you've got lots of things in the pipeline. But is there anything that you would you would love to get your yeah. teeth into? I would love to go to um, England and do the take me out there. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> but I, I would also love to do like Big Brother stuff, you know, or my biggest dream is like there's a show. Maybe you have it too. It's called The Biggest Loser. And they're like really big people, like 300 kilo people. And on a certain amount of time, they have to lose weight. And the person who lost the most weight is the biggest loser. And I want to be a trainer for them, like a coach. I did already two movies and i did one in london for um it called um tango one and it was like a really big promotion uh a production sorry um and i did play a european gangster and i had like a gun in my hand and then i got shot so that was so cool to play um yeah i can imagine to do more of this so let's see to return very very briefly to the wrestling stuff i know you've got like a billion other things going on and uh, but the wrestling thing is always quite exciting because again we've talked about you're somebody that's been through uh, a lot of things but now you're you're kind of promoting now with Sirius. um um, uh, what have you learned about the wrestling world from promoting a show yourself or at least or at least going through the process of promoting a show interesting as soon as you have something to give you have a lot of friends <laughs> like <laughs> A lot of wrestlers contacted me who never spoke to me before, and now we're like best friends, but that's okay. Um, yeah, um, I learned many things, like, but also disappointing things. Like, for me personally, it's normal to promote a show, right? But I guess it's not normal for everybody. Like, I booked some wrestlers, and I was really disappointed that they didn't, you know, promote my company, like my show or their match, you know? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then it's also so weird. Like, for example, you go to the, the people, to the mainstream people and say, hey, there's going to be a wrestling show. And the first thing they ask, will The Undertaker be there? Will John Cena be there? And I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> so that is pretty weird. Um, and then like the flights, I hate booking flights. Um, and then people, can't do this, can't do that, they cancel, and it's it's crazy. Like, I will have to learn a lot in this um, business, um, but I'm, I love the challenge. And everybody said to me already, hey, your promotion looks so professional. Hey, you're doing it really good. Like, I don't know if you saw the belt. Like, I invested a lot of money in my- I love the belt. belt. It feels different. Yeah. It, feels you, it feels different to other belts. Like the shape okay. of it and the form of it, I'm a big fan. Cool, cool. It was freaking expensive. And all my friends, like my close friends, I said, why the hell? But I mean, I paid a lot of for these thrones, so. <laughs> but I wanted to have the first show as amazing as it could be, you know? Like, 
yeah, I didn't want to save any money. And I didn't have any sponsor. I took all my private money in there. Uh, and I, I believe in it. I believe that this is going to be something amazing. Like, of course, there were already people like criticizing, like, hey, why you do the ring on stage? Why you don't put it in the, in the middle? You know, something like this. Or I said, for me personally, it's more expensive like uh important to have like a really crazy cool entrance like the match is important too but i personally feel that the entrance is also a big part of a wrestler you know so i i had an interview where i said i don't care about five star matches i care more that they have characters you know and then a lot of fans were oh, why we should go to your show if there's no five star matches i'm like excuse me First of all, who says the five-star matches? So, okay, it's Dave Meltzer. And, like, he will not even watch my show, you know? Like, <laughs> why you not just come to the show and enjoy and then decide yourself if you enjoy the match or not? Like, why do I have to have a man who I don't even know personally tell me if my wrestlers work really good or not? You know, like, is this really so essential? You know what I mean? So I was really disappointed with some fans, like, making these kind of comments. But, again, I would say... My show is not like a hardcore super fan show, like which always only the super hardcore fans will enjoy. Like for example, New Japan, right? You need to be a special kind of fan to enjoy this. Like I don't think that the mainstream will enjoy a New Japan match. Like they will not understand really what's going on. But I think the show that I'm going to do is a lot of entertainment. I have singing, I have dancing, and I will have like a lot of crazy characters. So I think the people will get more used to that. The art is in bringing in people who aren't so familiar with wrestling and making it appealing to them. If you're just going to cater to a hardcore audience, you've got a very small pool in which to fish in. Whereas if you, as you mm -hmm say singing dancing big characters the world's yours yeah already we already have dub xw they're doing a great job you know and they doing a lot of matches for these hardcore fans you know like it would make no sense for me to open up a promotion to do exactly the same like dub xw does you know like they have so much experience like the last 20 years you know i could never you know like compete with them if I do their product, you know what I mean? But if I do my product, I'm completely new. And so I can maybe win and get some more fans who aren't already fans, you know? I like to spring this on people when we do these interviews. Uh, as well mm -hmm. as taking with you three wrestling matches, I'm going to ask you to take mm -hmm. with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. That's the oh, island. Wow, man. So, um... <laughs> Your first one, a movie. What springs to mind when I say you can only watch one movie? What would the movie be? Braveheart, for sure. In, yeah. I watch Braveheart all the time. So, yeah, that's my movie. Why Braveheart? <laughs> Big sweaty man. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> of course. Your type. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it has everything. It has the romance. It has the fighting. And it has... Yeah, the emotion and it has the passion, freedom. I always cry when it comes to that because, yeah, I'm all for freedom. <laughs> what about an album? <laughs> it should be a David Hasselhoff one. <laughs> I was genuinely hoping whichever album Looking for Freedom is on, I was hoping it would be that one. No, there was a song I can't sing, but I will try. This go this go na 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 na. Yeah, that song. That one. Oh yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's so accurate, I'll have to remove it because otherwise we'll get demonetized and copyright struck. And a luxury item. Oh, luxury item. 
oh man, I think it's my phone. And then I can watch more movies and then I can listen more catalog no, songs. No, that's so. not the point. You ruined it. You ruined Desert <laughs> Island Grabs. It's finished now. This is the last one. You've ruined it. <laughs> ruined it. You ruined it. Your third and final match then. We've had Belters so far. We had a big match from Japan. We had uh, Rock and Goldberg from Backlash. What's your third and final one, Jazzy? So again, as I'm a Gemini, I need to mix it all up. So I have this super serious match with uh, Japan girls, AJ Kong and Satomura. Then I have the most entertaining match, but also technical, with the Rock and Goldberg. And now my third and final match, which I want to watch all the time, is Halloween Havoc 1995, the Monster Truck match, Hulk Hogan and the Giant. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the Monster Truck's on Kobo Hall! On the roof! I love it! <laughs> on the rooftop! Two demons have emerged. The Giant, he has a Jones for destruction. He's motorcycle smashing, back cracking, bone crunching. Choking Rampage has opened the ghastly gate for the man who would not, could not stay down. WCW World Champion Hulk Hogan has crossed over to the dark side to take on the evil powers in their own eerie world. Shudder to think about their monster drugs locked up in a sumo-style showdown. If survival is possible, they will then be hauntingly close when they see each other eye to eye inside the fortress called the Ring. It will happen before your very eyes here at Halloween Havoc 95. He crawled out and he's going after Hogan. The giant has got Hulk Hogan on the edge of the roof of Cobo Hall. Oh my. Oh no, oh no. Off of that. Somebody get him off of there. Get him off of there. Oh my God. No! Oh, oh no. Help. Help! No! We're going to try to find out exactly what's happening. I apologize. They're talking to me while I'm talking to you. We, we, Which side of the roof did he go off? The water side, the street side, or what? Well, the, you got a parking lot, you got a river. What difference does it make? Difference. I cried so oh. hard and my parents had no idea what's going on and I was I run to them I said Hulk Hogan didn't want it to kill him really he didn't <laughs> want it to kill him and he's like what so for those for those who aren't lucky enough like you and I Jazzy to 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 know <laughs> this particular match at Halloween Havoc I'm gonna let you explain what yeah. happens in this match between Hulk Hogan and the Giant at Halloween Havoc? I have no idea how it came to this match, but it was on, on the rooftop of a huge skyscraper. There were two big, huge monster trucks, like these huge wheels, and Hulk Hogan in one, he's like this super freaking baby face of all time, and on the other hand, we have the Giant in a big bath suit kind of <laughs> gear, and it's just being mean and evil, right? And they're in the monster trucks going back and forth like they have like a circle and the one who's going over the circle lose the match right so you're going back and forth boom 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 and i think it's the giant who goes out of the truck you know and want to joke slam hulk hogan they're fighting bomb 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 and they go to the edges of the roof right and then by mistake 
the giant fall off like he died <laughs> he died or did he and then in the next scene you see Hulk Hogan coming into the venue walking towards the ring and crying and giving <laughs> like I have to say honestly I only watched this one time in 1995 and I don't want to watch it back because I will be so disappointed I know for sure <laughs> But I remember watching it and I was so little and I was so naive and I believed everything and I think that was the greatest match in all history of wrestling. <laughs> but the bit the bit that blew my mind was Hogan walks to the ring and he's beside himself, he thinks he's killed the giant, then he appears. The giant's he's fine. He's fine, not a scratch on him. Gets in the ring oh. and they fight. <laughs> yes. Do you not know, do you know, <laughs> wrestling's bollocks isn't it jazzy <laughs> and it's the best kind of bollocks um with that one i th i do you know what i don't think there's any way that we can top talking about the the giant and hogan on on the roof of kobo hall so i think we need to end it there because i think we've peaked let's let's quit while we're ahead um this is your time now jazzy to talk about anything you want to plug, anything you want to shout about, this is all yours. Oh, wow, wow. I have absolutely nothing to plug, to be honest. Um, there's nothing going on in my life right now. Um, but I will say to you guys, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, please stay strong. This will go over. Stay at home. Like, whatever you think, if it's real or not real, if it's dangerous or not, like, whatever you're believing in, I'm a little bit conspiracy too. <laughs> so... <clears throat> All I'm saying, everything will be fine. And if not, we will all stick together, stand up and fight. And we live for freedom, right? I've been looking for freedom. I've been looking so long. I've been looking for freedom. Still the search goes on. I've been looking for freedom. Since I left my Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.